48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. John Lee says Beijing's interpretation of the national security law needs to happen before Jimmy Lai's trial. The government picks four sites for the, for the first of its new short-term public flats. And the observatory says we all need to wrap up warm as the first cold snap of the Hong Kong winter arrives. The chief executive, John Lee, says it's best for Beijing to interpret the national security law before the trial of the former media mogul Jimmy Lai. The Department of Justice has asked to adjourn the trial, which was due to start on Thursday, after Mr Lee asked for guidance on the matter of overseas lawyers in security law cases. The CE says the timetable for the interpretation is down to the central authorities. It will be up to the National People's Congress Standing Committee to decide how to go about it. There are procedures, as far as I know, about meetings to be conducted by the NPCSC. How eventually, as a result of my request, the interpretation will be made, of course, is the prerogative and the absolute authority of the NPCSC. At the present moment, I'm only requesting for an interpretation of the law to address my question. The Bar Association has brushed aside suggestions that the government's request for an interpretation will affect judicial independence. Its chairman, Victor Dawes, said the security law specifies that the MPC Standing Committee has the power of interpretation. Mr Dawes says lawyers in the SAR hope the power will be used sparingly, with local courts clearing up any ambiguity. Of course, using interpretation to deal with the situation will undoubtedly, as I've said, result in certain doubts or discussions about our legal systems. Now, the, the fact that doubts are created, of course, is not a situation that is ideal, but I do understand the government's position and the reasoning given by the chief executive both yesterday and this morning. The government has picked four plots in Tunmun, Fan Ling and Chengchui for its proposed light public housing flats. It's seeking $27 billion in funding for the prefabricated short-term homes and hopes to have 1,000 of them ready in the 2024-25 financial year. The scheme is intended to help people facing long waits for public housing to move out of subdivided flats. But the deputy director of the Society for Community Organisation, Xie Lai Shan, says many residents live in urban areas and they may find the sites to be rather remote. I think the location is quite, it's a bit far compared to those divided flat tenants. Most of them, they may be more in Kaolong side or urban area. So they will expect urban area public housing rather than remote area. So I think the government, they will need to assist them for their transportation, go to work or go to school. It's time to wrap up warm, at least for the next few days, after the observatory warned of a sharp plunge in temperatures. However, an assistant director of the observatory says people shouldn't take this as a sign of a cold winter ahead. Champak Wei says the SAR will be generally warmer in the coming months, with the occasional cold snap. Uh, Hong Kong, just like the many places in the world, are under the influence of uh, global warming, so that uh, in general, uh, there's a, a general trend for the temperature to increase. And therefore, the, in, this, in the coming uh, uh, winter, the temperature will also be is expected to be on, uh, uh, in the normal to above normal uh, range. The CEO of Hong Kong's Senior Citizens Home Safety Association, Mara Wong, called on elderly people to wrap up warm and seek help if needed. Ms Wong said the group doesn't expect a huge surge in calls, but it is ready to help. 
we have a number of teams dealing with elderly. Uh, we have the 24-hour call center, which deals with people calling in. We have uh, another team. Uh, we call them the caring call team. And we also have professional teams consisting of social workers and nurses. So it's really a multidisciplinary um, team. And um, we are well-staffed. And um, we expect that we will be more than adequately staffed to handle the increase, any increase in number of helps coming forward. The weather forecast, it will become cloudy with one or two rain patches. Temperature will fall appreciably tomorrow. Temperatures in the urban areas starting out about 24 degrees falling progressively to a minimum of around 15 degrees tomorrow night. will be a couple of degrees cooler in the new territories. Light winds and low visibility at first, winds strengthening from the north in the morning. And the temperatures will fall to about 13 degrees in the urban areas, cooler still in the new territories on Thursday and Friday. Temperature now 25 degrees, humidity 88%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Hong Kong stocks surged today, with the Hang Seng Index adding 900 points, or more than 5%, to close at 18.204. Paul Pong from Pegasus Fund Managers told RTHK that sentiment was lifted after mainland regulators relaxed refinancing rules for developers. The property sector, there is a lot of uh, rescue pain towards the actual property sector in China, and the property sector occupied the GDP in a significant share. So I think that's good. You can see quite a lot of public share doing very well. And the second one is that a lot of people expect, investors expect that the pandemic will be end soon. At least maybe China is so big, maybe end of the, maybe end of the first quarter next year or second quarter next year. Police have arrested a man on suspicion of wounding after another man was found dead in a pool of blood with suspected chop wounds to his neck and head. Officers were called to High Food Court in Taikok Jai at about 6 o'clock after residents heard someone calling for help. The 64-year-old victim was found in a corridor and declared dead at Kwangwa Hospital. An environmental protection official says the government is looking to cut the plastic content of bags to be used under its pay-as-you-throw solid waste charging scheme. Theresa Wu made the comments on an RTHK programme a day after the authorities cited higher-than-expected bidding prices for the failure of a tender for the rubbish bags. Duan Wong has details. Under the waste charging plan, residents will have to buy designated plastic bags for the disposal of their garbage. But Ms Wu said plans to procure them have been hit by soaring production costs. Crude oil prices have surged in the past half year, and plastic is made from byproducts of petroleum, so its price has also soared. It's something we didn't see coming. The EPD official said that bidders had to factor in the uncertainties of future fluctuations in oil prices, rent, inflation and logistical costs, meaning the eventual prices they offered in their tenders were all higher than the government had expected. She said the government is now testing whether it's feasible to just have two layers of plastic instead of three for its designated rubbish bags. Ms Wu said officials were also looking into shortening the contract period from five years to two to reduce cost uncertainties. She said her department will relaunch the tender as soon as possible, adding that the process will likely be shorter than last time. Ms Wu stressed that the EBD is still aiming to start the waste charging scheme by the the end of next year as planned. 
Meanwhile, a charitable organisation that works to cut plastic pollution says young people here are reluctant to work in recycling because of misconceptions about the sector. The group, a Plastic Ocean Foundation, says this has left the industry with a manpower shortage of around 1,000 workers. Vanessa Chang reports. The foundation surveyed more than 2,000 secondary school students, parents and teachers between April and June. It found that about a third of the children questioned thought the recycling industry was dirty and dangerous. Willy Kwong, the executive director of a Plastic Ocean Foundation, told RTHK that such misconceptions have led to a lack of young people joining the industry. There are no new blood in the field, so most of them are middle-aged or even underprivileged community working in the recycling industry. It creates a lot of confusion or even misunderstanding to the external parties that the industry is not that professional or it's just a low-skill job. Mr. Kwong said current staffing levels in the industry aren't enough to meet the rising demand for recycling in Hong Kong. There's a waste charging scheme next year. Every day there will be more than 50 tons of waste ending up in the community station. I guess the shortage is talking about up to thousands of jobs. The foundation has urged the government to subsidize more courses on recycling in order to train more young people to work in the industry. Overseas, Singapore's parliament has passed a bill repealing a colonial-era law that bans sex between men. The move was immediately welcomed by rights campaigners. From the city-state, the BBC's Monica Miller reports. Singapore is one of the last British colonial states to lift the penal code, which was also imposed in several other countries across the Commonwealth. For years, officials have said that it hasn't been actively enforced. But gay activists have argued it perpetuates discrimination at home, at work, and at school. Last August, Prime Minister Lee Sing Lung said that it was the right thing to do and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. But for many gay activists, the move doesn't go far enough. Singapore's parliament stopped short of paving the way to recognize full marriage equality. Its members amended the constitution to reflect the traditional definition of marriage as between a man and a woman. The NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has promised that the alliance will continue to provide unprecedented support to Ukraine to help it fight Russia. He was speaking at a meeting of foreign ministers in Romania. To create the conditions for lasting peace, which ensures that Ukraine prevails as an independent sovereign state, we must continue to provide military support to Ukraine. So our message from Bucharest is that NATO will continue to stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. We will not back down. Mr Stoltenberg also accused President Putin of using winter as a weapon of war against the Ukrainian people. He said NATO countries had delivered generators and spare parts to help rebuild energy infrastructure targeted by Moscow. And the Ukrainian government has appealed to NATO to boost its production of weapons. Jonathan Marcus is a defence analyst. Supplies of some critical munitions are getting smaller. Last summer, the Ukrainians were firing in the Donbass about six to 7,000 rounds of ammunition per day for their artillery. Well, the United States actually manufactures about 15,000 rounds a month. I mean, Western industry is not geared up for wartime levels of production. And so all of those sorts of things are problems. And those are the sorts of things that are going to be addressed today. Australia's most populous state is being forced to scrap tens of thousands of fines issued for breaking COVID restrictions after a top court ruled them invalid.
The Government of New South Wales issued more than 60,000 penalties during the pandemic, but the Supreme Court says the notices didn't give a sufficiently detailed description of the offences committed. The world's largest active volcano, Mauna Loa, has started erupting for the first time in nearly 40 years. Residents on Hawaii's Big Island are on alert, although no evacuation orders have been issued. Julia Hammer is a local volcanologist. It's been showing signs of unrest for about a month now, and fortunately that gave the hazard managers and the U.S. Geological Survey staff time to brief the local communities. What wasn't known was exactly when or where lava would come out, so... There's always something to surprise us, but it did follow a regular pattern that has been the case for the most recent times for Mauna Loa, where the eruption started at the summit and lava emanated in a crack within the summit caldera. But then a few hours after that, by early morning this morning, it had migrated to the northeast rift zone, where it still is erupting from. The sport and the final round of group games in the FIFA World Cup got underway at the top of the hour. Netherlands are taking on host Qatar with progression all but guaranteed. A few moments ago it was 0-0. Ecuador faced Senegal needing a draw to progress, while the African champions must win. The latest score also 0-0. Later it's Group B action with England sitting atop the table ahead of their game against old rival Wales. There were some boos for England after their goalless draw against the USA on Friday. So how does coach Gareth Southgate respond to criticism of their apparently cautious approach in that game? That we didn't prepare any differently for the USA than we did the previous game. So some days your performances are high and the opponent perhaps doesn't defend as well. And some days the opponent defend really well, make it more difficult for you. The messaging and the uh, intent to the players never changes um, so this idea of there being a handbrake on uh, unless you're in the meetings and unless you're in our camp of course you, you're, you're never going to understand what that messaging is. With a row over Iran's Football Federation asking FIFA to impose a 10-game ban on the United States for offending their dignity by misrepresenting their flag on social media, the two nations clash in a match which is effectively a playoff, with the winner guaranteed to reach the knockout stage. Iran would also advance with a draw if Wales don't beat England. Iran's boss is Carlos Quiroz. It will be a very, very special game for us against... uh the most uh, consistent and regular team that make the best, the best two performances in the tournament in our group, United States. Away from the World Cup, Juventus have confirmed that Chief Andrea Agnelli and the rest of the Italian club's board have resigned. This follows an investigation about accountancy procedures at the Turin Giants. A reminder of our top stories tonight. John Lee says Beijing's interpretation of the national security law needs to happen before Jimmy Lai's trial. The government picks four sites for the first of its new short-term public flats. And the observatory says we all need to wrap up warm as the first cold snap of the Hong Kong winter arrives. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist, your voice is calling. Tis twilight time. When purple colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. 
And a very good evening to you. Welcome to Twilight Time with me, Peter King, through till midnight with music from a bygone era to relax and chat. If you'd like to choose the song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail, the email address. A good selection as usual between now and midnight. And the first one for your entertainment comes from Dick Haynes. Never know just how much I miss you. You'll never know just how much I care. And if I try. I still couldn't hide my love for you. You ought to know, for haven't I told you so? A million or more times. Told me. 
You may know it too. 